Hey, you busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. Now, I apologize in advance if you saw some missed calls or you felt like somebody was prank calling you, but I'm not even going to hold you. I picked up this phone, hung it up, picked up this phone, doubt, hung it up because I don't know a proper way in being politically correct when speaking about certain things when I absolutely know that I want to tell you truth, but I want to protect the names of the innocent because you know that somebody else's grandbaby. Let me just go ahead and say to you, uh... I'm a hint, okay, because at this point, you should know me well enough. No, you should know me well enough to know where I'm going. So it's a little bit um, of a continuation on that conversation we had pertaining to unblended families. Remember when I was talking about my um, lack of thrillness of being a stepmom? Uh, because a certain parent outside of this household just decided I want to use every piece of authority and every piece of court and every time I feel like I'm not getting my way, I want to run in that direction. And I don't really play the court game. Maybe it's the New York thing. Maybe it's just my roots. But like when... I want to hurt somebody or even if that was a part of my mechanics or I want to prove a point. The first thing I'm not equipped to do is uh, go ahead and get a retainer fee personnel. Okay. Uh, I feel like as I'm pouring this juice, you're kind of getting what I want you to sip. Do you see what I'm saying? And so there was a indirect threat uh, that may or may not have come through my husband's email that looked a lot like, if I don't get my way, we're going to do this again. (laughs) And I will do it again if I have to. Kind of, you know, kind of thing. You know how you can read something and you can hear somebody disrespecting you? Like, put your hand down and stop rolling your neck at me and who you talking to? Yeah, you can hear the tone of it and you can't, lower the volume because you're like no no this is very much loud disrespect I know it when I hear it and I'm not gonna hold you I naturally felt something there was an anger uh that was starting to you know like a little teapot going off on a stove or what have you and I felt a little bit of you know some some moisture on the brow not a lot, not like, you know, a whole full workout worth, but just enough to say, huh, it's a little glistening there. Okay, great. And before I felt myself respond naturally, I felt my spirit grab me and say, hold on a minute. <laughs> um, because if it's one thing that we know about God is that he gives you previews to what's about to come. I don't care who you are, where you're going, or where you've been. The one thing that I know about God is that true life circumstances are never side swipe. Oh my goodness, I absolutely did not see this coming. We probably don't know all the events and the chains thereof that is going to come of it, but some starts to kind of nudge you in the direction that you're like I don't know but for some reason I feel this need to save I don't know but for some reason I feel this need not to purchase a b and c I don't know I just feel like and it's a I don't know and that something 
is the Holy Spirit. And so recently I started a devotional with Joyce Meyer, just pretty much honing in on power thoughts and really coaching on not responding to everything emotionally, that you can remain emotionally stable and still not really know what's going on. And, and your stability comes from trusting God. And I was like, oof. You know, that may uh that may be a little bit of the upper crust that I am trying to uh arrive to. I mean, I'm in motion. I'm definitely in route. I'm just not there all the way yet, kinda sort of. And so I had a talk with the Holy Spirit. I was like, quick question, um, what's going on and um what do I need to do? And so the Holy Spirit gave to me a customized plan. He said, for you, you do best when you are prepared. A lack of preparation produces fear in you. So when you feel prepared, you're like, oh, it may be an inconvenience, but it's not a devastation. And the emotional capacity between the two is like, yeah, I'd much rather, <laughs> I'd much rather the inconvenience. Like, oh man, I didn't want to, but <laughs> I have it if I need to kind of thing. And so I was like, okay. And so I went to my private time with God. I was the most honest I've ever been. I said, God, I ain't going to hold you. I don't want to do this. Okay, great. I don't want to play this game. I don't even want the emotional capacity to try to feel some type of way on what somebody says they may or may not do in my life like I want people to be so minute in this thing called my life that is like listen what you may or may not do does not affect the journey that God has me on like I really felt in my spirit so strongly like listen fret not and I know that may not be current modern time way of saying stuff but it's like you you want me to give you the aka for the for the right now it's bruh (laughs) them folks ain't talking about nothing Like, listen, nothing you say or do is going to impact me. It's like a car wash going in and in and in. And it's like, yeah, you know what? I may not be going as fast as I want to right now. I may not have my windows down and be able to do the things that I really wanted to do if I wasn't in this car wash. But what you don't know is as I'm going through this car wash of any particular situation, I come out better. Real talk. You may have the illusion of control because you got my wheels locked in and I can't move the wheel like I want to and I can't roll my windows down and, you know, my music may be a little bit staticky now and I may not have the reception I want to have for this particular cell phone message or phone call if I wanted to. But you know what? This eventually ends, person of deceit, of, of, of anger, of whatever it is. This eventually ends. And, yeah, I may not have control of the process of how it comes in but you don't have control on how I come out of this thing you understand me and I gave the analogy of a car wash because that's how I'm looking at every situation. I don't care how detrimental it looks to the naked eye. Oh, my goodness, what about your finances? Oh, my goodness, what about that friendship? What about that networking? What about that, that opportunity? What about, what about every single situation, circumstance, as far as I'm concerned, is always going to be looked at as a car wash because I may not be able 
to go ahead and control the process, but I control how I come out. And God told me that if I hold steadfast to him and that if I look at him to be my, my refuge in a time of storm, if I look at him to hold on to my mental capacity, my emotional capacity to keep me stable, then nothing in this world or on this particular planet is going to be able to make me come out worse than I started. God says that he will finish the work. He will finish it. And so if I think that somebody who breathes this good old tool with me and was created by the same creator who is in me has the capacity to alter what he has for me, then everybody's bugging. You understand? And so I had to pound on my chest real quick, harambe style, and remind myself, listen, I don't care who it comes through. I don't care who it comes from. Nobody deters what God has for me. And so once I went ahead and got harambe on that real quick, <laughs> silver back, if you will, I was like, okay, I'm back. Holy Spirit was like, cool. Now, you know what? Um, I want you to go ahead and do what's going to always shelter you. And that is planning. You're a planner. This is great for you. Get in your pocket. And I was like, <laughs> let's go. You understand? So I went to my financial book and I'm like, all right, listen. So I'm just going to go ahead because the bank that I bank with, allows me to, to illustrate and rename my bank accounts any way that I want to look, that, so, that I want it to look. So I went ahead and I named one of the accounts Justice. Because a lot of the times, whether it comes from significant others of the past or not, a lot of things that come on to us feels a lot like, bro, I didn't deserve that. I didn't deserve for you to do me like that. I didn't deserve for you to take me through that. I didn't deserve that. And sometimes a large percent of those I didn't deserve that comes with a financial ticket. And it's like, you know what? What if we had a plan for that? Not that we're planning for that, but like I got a plan for that. You know how the the, the saying goes, you know, there's an app for that. What if you had an account for that? That you're like, you know what, mm -mm, I'm not planning for it, but I'm accounting for it. That if you tried to knock on my door, you're not going to get somebody who's scared to open it. I'm going to answer. When I answer back, you're going to be like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, you knocked on the wrong one this time. The first time around, I may not have been prepared. It was, ooh, okay. But you know what? First time's on me. First time is a prerequisite of this is this is what you can expect if you're going to enroll into the school called life. And it's like, oh, okay, great. Listen, I was a little shabby on, on my math. I ain't going to hold you like trying to calculate the area and then the perimeter and remembering that I got to carry the square footage, uh, the square root, uh, and then the A squared and the B squared. Woo, I haven't squared letters in a really long time. But you know what? Thank you for buttoning up my shirt straight. Thank you for bringing me to a place that you just reminded me, mm-mm, don't ever put your trust in people. And trust in people looks a lot like you got comfortable with that little bit of silence, with that little bit of grace period of, oh, everything seems to be okay for now. No, 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 no. I need you to remember the spots on every leopard that comes into your life. And not that you just become this really cautious and no, I mean, no, don't trust such and such. But no, you remember when such and such did that one thing and you felt ill prepared the first time around. So if it just so happens and we don't want to claim it, we don't want to name it. But if it just so happens that this happened to, again, are you prepared for it?
If you can answer that question with a yes, you have not put your trust in people. If you have answered with anything that sounds familiar or remotely close to, see, but no, I don't live my life like that. I don't give people too much attention. No, no, no. Let me explain something to you. Everywhere you look, right, um, northwest, east, okay, everywhere you look, there's a person. And in every quadrant of your life, someone did something to you that either propelled you or derailed you slightly. And not derailed you like they took you off course, but they definitely paused your steps like, woof. Yeah, I wasn't, um, I wasn't expecting that. And so I want us to live a life that we no longer have to really utter that statement ever again. I want us to live a life that we are so close to God and we are so active with the Holy Spirit that it's like, listen, once you alarm me, I'm going to go ahead and account for it. Once you let me know, be careful of such and such. Mm, You see how such and such plays, right? Because when I read Ecclesiastes, it said that nothing new happens under the sun. So, yeah, it may not probably be this season around, but as long as you under this sun, you're probably going to get something remotely close to it. And the name of the game is, are you prepared if it comes back around? That's almost like being super duper comfortable in the summer, just feeling like, oh, this sun has been amazing. And you forget winter comes around every year. What you going to do? You going to wear shorts and flip-flops the whole entire time? Guess what being ill-prepared for the seasons is going to equate to? What it concludes to? You being sick. So if that happens with seasons, how are you equating that for the seasons in your life? And that's not to be super-duper deep. That's not to be like, oh, snap. It's just <laughs> when someone has failed and fall and 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 got scars on knees and and the scabs thereof the way that I have it makes you start saying um be careful you you gonna fall you don't want to wear those shoes in that weather no 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 listen that kind of person with that kind of temperament be careful real quick because you know because what I do is I look at my scars and I I I don't try to hide them you know I want to put some cocoa butter on I want it to blend into my life and become a part of my recipe I don't want it to stick out like a sore thumb but I also don't want to pretend like it's not happening and a lot of times instead of putting cocoa butter and just letting it blend and become a part of the ingredient the recipe of our life what we try to do is we put makeup on it and if you try to go ahead and conceal something that has always been there then guess what when certain situations happen in your life um, and the concealer runs off you're going to be exposed and you're always going to look at that bruise like why didn't I learn from it and when you look at that bruise and you start seeing that it has twins and triplets and it's starting to produce more of its kind the scar itself doesn't have the ability to produce the fact that you are not implementing the right things to stop it is what's making it produce do you understand that and so when I went to the Holy Spirit and I'm talking to God and Holy Spirit's reminding me of certain things, Holy Spirit was like, I want you to go back and I want you to read about um, the Israelites when they were in Egypt. And I was like, okay, so you mean like Exodus? He was like, yeah, I want you to go ahead and go to Exodus 1. I said, okay, cool. He was like, I want you to read what happens <laughs> when um, someone tries to make your life harder, more difficult for whatever the reason, Okay. I said, okay. He said, um, start at verse five. I said, okay. And he said, skip around if you have to, but get to the points. 
It's okay, cool. So verse 5. In all, Jacob has 70 descendants in Egypt, including Joseph, who was already there. 6. In time, Joseph and all his brothers died, ending that entire generation. But their descendants, the Israelites, had many children and grandchildren, because you know we be out there in them streets. In fact, they multiplied so greatly that they became extremely powerful and filled the land. Eight, eventually a king came to power in Egypt who knew nothing about Joseph or what he had done. Nine, he said to his people, look, the people of Israel now outnumber us and are stronger than we are. Ten, we must make a plan to keep them from growing even more. If we don't and if war breaks out, they will join our enemies and fight against us. Then they will escape from the country. 11. So the Egyptians made the Israelites their slaves. They appointed brutal slave drivers over them, hoping to wear them down with crushing labor. They forced them to build the cities of Pethom and Ramesses as supply centers for the king. 12. But the more the Egyptians oppressed them, and the more the Israelites multiplied and spread, and the more alarmed the Egyptians became. 13. So the Egyptians worked the people of Israel without mercy. 14. They made their lives bitter, forcing them to mix mortar and make bricks and do all the work in the fields. They were ruthless in all their demands. I'm going to pause right there. Then we continued on in Exodus 1, if you continue to read, it talks about the midwives that were there and that they had the directives of like, yo, if any of these children are boys while you're there, while the Hebrew women are giving birth, I want you to go ahead and um, kill the little boys. But if it's a girl, you can let her live. But the midwives weren't listening because they had fear of the Lord. And it was like, mm. so let me just jump to 18 real quick. So the king of Egypt called for the midwives. Why have you done this? He demanded. Why have you allowed the boys to live? 19. The Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women, the midwives replied. They are more vigorous and they have their babies so quickly that we cannot get there in time. 20. So God was good to the midwives and the Israelites continued to multiply, growing more and more powerful. 21. And because the midwives feared God, he gave them families of their own. 22. And I'll just end it here. Then Pharaoh gave this order to all his people. Throw every newborn Hebrew boy into the Nile River, but you may let the girls live. Let me explain something to you. <laughs> you thought that that boss at your job was just making it hard for you just to make it hard for you? Okay. Um, You thought that that particular family member was spreading those rumors or making that particular situation blown out of control, proportion rather. Uh, You thought that that ex was making, you know, riffs and, and ruffles and just making so much noise and pain or what have you in your life. You thought that all that was happening just because woe is you. Like real talk. It's easy to feel like I don't do nothing to nobody. Like I just I try to be a good person. It's real good to get in that pocket, right? To feel like, listen, <laughs> real talk. Out of all the people in the world, I, I don't deserve this. Um, honestly, I'm a little shocked, God. I ain't gonna hold you. I'm looking at you, and I'm looking at you. I mean, a little bit of side eye. You gave me the eye. I can put it to the side. If you didn't want me to do it, you shouldn't. Okay, great. I'll bow down. I'm, I'm cool on that. But like real talk, like uh, I see some people living way more recklessly, and. 
it don't look like they experiencing what I'm experiencing. And it gets to a point that you start to feel like, bro, am I being punked in the spiritual realm? Like, what? Why? Why is this happening? But like, not to be cliche, can I say something to you real quick? Diamonds produce in pressure. Do you understand? Like, and I'm going to go a step further because we always talk about the diamond, but we don't ever talk about the pearl. Did you know that the pearl is not something just beautiful that the clam or oyster or whatever makes? It's not just like a, uh, like, it's not one of those like, oh, my goodness. It is literally, when I looked it up, and I'm going off of memory right now, it is literally that some sand and some other irritants got into the clam some type of way. And then, ooh, it's, it's uh, trying to get it out. I'm just doing a whole bunch, just like it's an irritant. And then the processing of the irritant produces a pearl. And we don't know what's happening on the inside until we open the clam up. And then we see these beautiful pearls and we're mesmerized like, oh, my goodness, we want to make rings and earrings and jewelry out of it. And it's always oh, beautiful. You know, some my grandmother sent me a whole um, set of pearls, you know, and she wants to keep it in her family. And so you mean to tell me that something that was initiated as an irritant <laughs> and the processing of it in the inside can produce something so valuable that it will be jewelry for your descendants to come that may not be manifest as tangible jewelry but it can be wisdom it can be emotional stability whatever you produce and process from it if you can pass it along you just pass down a family heirloom that it cannot be reproduced there is something about reading that bitterness kind of makes things better isn't that an oxymoron well I don't I don't want people to be better no 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 because you know what you know what I found up especially about reading Exodus 1 and looking into my own little personal life the root of um or the fraternal cousin rather of bitterness is fear and so because a person doesn't really have too much power acting in bitterness, they just act out in fear. So if you look at what we just read, the king looked at the Israelites and was like, bruh, these folks is out here reproducing. I mean, I mean, they out here and they doing what the Lord said. I mean, they multiplying, sir. And if they keep doing that, we're going to be in trouble. We're going to have to do something because I'm telling you right now, listen, if somebody want to pop off and, and, and try to do something to us and they go ahead and tag team off the ropes, like we're done. There was a fear when looking at the, the Israelites. So they looked at a group of people and said, the only way that I can control you is to try to enslave you. And the only way that I can try to enslave you and really make it more difficult for you is truly going about trying to um, make labor and just do things that don't make any sense, but try to go ahead and make this harder for you. You know what? I'm not even going to hold you. When I was talking to the Holy Spirit, 
the word that he gave me was bitter. The reason why I was going through that particular realm in this, that parenting, what have you, was because the other significant prior previous other um, was bitter, is bitter. And so I held on to that word. But when I read the exact verbiage in verse 14, I cannot, I felt like a two-year-old, like, oh, how did Holy Spirit do that? It literally says in 14, they made their lives bitter, forcing them to mix mortar and make bricks and do all the work in the fields. They were ruthless in all their demands. I said, Holy Spirit, why did you want me to hold on to bitter? He said, because I wanted you to see that it's actually just one vowel away from better. That bitter is not always a bad thing. You saw what the sand did. It was bitter at first, but what the clam did and processed it and made a pearl. You saw what the what the king was trying to do, what the pharaoh was trying to do in that time and be real bitter against the, the Israelites. And this is how we're going to make we gonna make your job harder. <laughs> you thought your supervisor was something. Huh? Try, tr- try going ahead and having all materials taken away from you and still being expected. Some, some people are like, you know what, because I'm living that right now. <laughs> okay, great. I feel like I'm doing that now. I'm building bricks with no straw now. That's what my caseload, that's what my workload feels like now. Yeah, but you know what? That particular bitter, oh, it makes better. You remember when we were having conversations prior when I was telling you how the my prior jobs and things, it just felt like, oh, my goodness, it was too much. Can I go ahead and say to you that it created the steps to the stage that I'm currently on now that you truly don't appreciate being able to catch your breath, being able to do something adequately and competently until you realize how excruciating conditions that it can be done in. And then when God gives you the better portion of that, you're like, wow, okay. Yeah, you really don't appreciate a good spouse until you had a terrible um, relationship. Right. You truly don't appreciate people who help you from the kindness of their heart until the people you had in your heart didn't help you when you needed it. Huh? Yeah. Mm hmm. Those are the parts. And so I really wanted to hone in on bitter is one vowel away from better that somebody can mean all the harm in the world. God sees it. But if God is allowing it, it's because on the other side of me processing through that, it makes me better. It makes me more valuable. Listen, we read in Exodus 1 where he was like, okay, I'm going to end it on this. Throw every boy in the Nile River and let every girl live. But you know what? If you continue to read, Moses was produced in this time. And his mother had to go ahead and hide him for a couple of months. And then she went ahead and she took the basket and she 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 did the tar thing so it could be waterproof. And she was like, you know what? The very thing that was meant to kill him, I'm just going to create something to make him float in. Because I know that what was meant to kill him, um, Pharaoh's daughter also bathes in. So if I can just go ahead and get creative enough to get him on the other side of this now, I think something dope will happen. And guess what? <laughs> that particular threat that bitter threat of killing all boys in the Nile River produced 
Moses's mother to be creative, which then led this particular Hebrew baby to Pharaoh's daughter to then go ahead and push this baby once a Hebrew to the palace. Will you be brave enough to allow bitter situations to push you to better places? Mm, Holy Spirit, do what you do, sir. <laughs> do what you do in this telephone call. Do you feel that? Will you be brave enough to allow bitter situations, bitter people to push you to better circumstances? I'm going to go ahead and unveil now. I didn't start walking on faith and producing the prayers that I produced until I had some bitter situations in my life and some bitter people placed there. I didn't start jumping and doing bold leaps of faith where I was like, I'm getting out of this boat of safety and I'm going to walk on water and I'm going to do like Peter did with Jesus. And I started doing the things that I wanted to do because I looked at the boat of safety and was like, if people are going to poke holes in the boat, I might as well see what it feels like to walk on water. Do you understand that? I need you to tap into not the situation, not the person, not how come every time I turn around, not, you know what, if it's not one thing, it's another. And I'm trying not any of that. I need you to tap into this is going to make me better. I done seen life or death situations. If not in your own life, it, it definitely in Exodus. This Pharaoh came and said, listen, we're going to start killing these boys. And two midwives was like, got him not doing it sir so we're gonna go ahead and and um this is gonna be the first time that god's gonna go ahead and bless two people who decided no i'm not taking your directive okay great i'm gonna go ahead and follow everything that god says to do and for them to be called into the quote-unquote uh principal's office to be like why did you do that and it was like oh you know them hebrews are strong sir (laughs) <laughs> we we didn't get there in time. I need you to start seeing that if it takes you to have to not listen to a certain directive to do what God says to do, if it takes for you to go ahead and navigate and say, mm, yeah, I, I know that they said she can only help me with the birth, but I'm going to go ahead and hide this for as long as I can hide it. I'm going to go ahead and protect this for as long as I can protect it. And then after that, I'm going to just start letting the bitter produce the creativity in me to go ahead and protect this thing long term i'm gonna do some things that it's like listen do you understand the story of moses like literally when his mother put him in that in that little basket and pushed him off his sister was on the sideline went to pharaoh's daughter and was like do you want me to find a hebrew mother to feed and she was like good idea like you don't even know how protected you are and this whole thing was produced in bitterness the catalyst to this was bitterness i wonder If there was never a Pharaoh to threaten the life of a Hebrew boy, would there have ever been a Moses? Because let's go ahead and rewind. Okay. Let's just say prior to, you know, the descendants and all of that in Joseph, that there was a Pharaoh, a king in place that is still wishes, you know what? Business as usual. The people would have still kept having babies because that's what it seemed like they was doing in them streets, okay? Um, You know, boys would have been born. Girls would have been born. They would have just, you know, had cousins, and Thanksgiving would have been the same, and everything just probably would have just, you know, been as is. And that's just it. And they live happily ever after the end. Mm Mm-mm. Story's kind of lame, right? 
Not only is it lame, God needed a savior. God needed not a savior, not not Jesus, right? But he needed someone that he can say, okay, I need you to go back and save my people from this. But you don't need saving from something if there's not a problem. So if God allowed the problem, if he allowed for this particular person to be in authority, to then be in authority with the lens and the 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 authority style of bitterness and anger and fear and everything else that makes for a chump, <laughs> you feel me? Because uh, who comes in new and goes, I'm scared they get more number. We're going to be in trouble. Like, bro, then how come, did they just magically just make 2 million uh, babies once you got in the office? Like, how does that work? And how come nobody else felt that way prior to you? Like, how come you got in with all your insecurities and you started projecting it on other people? How come when you got promoted, you wanted to just redo so, so many things that you made other people's workload harder? How come it is that when you came into to our lives, how come it, you, you see what I'm saying? You see where I'm going with this? You cannot lead with insecurities within because it comes out. And you always make people, the lives of those around you, you make it harder for them when you don't resolve what's within you. Hmm. You can go ahead and put me on speaker at your job if you need to. <laughs> okay. I ain't scared of them folks. I ain't afraid of no ghosts either. Okay. I had to. I just, I felt that. But looking at that lame story, right? They're like, oh, they lived happily ever. Mm-mm. God produced the problem. Mm-mm. God allowed the problem. He allowed the person. He allowed the fear. He allowed the bitterness. He allowed the, okay, let's go ahead and make them slaves. Okay, you know what? Let's go ahead and make their workload harder. Okay, you know what? Uh, let Now let's just go ahead and start trying to kill some of them. See, he allowed all that because... He wanted, A, to bring his people out stronger. And I'm talking about with you thought coming out to smoke and all the stuff that you, the lights and, you know, all the things that you've seen your favorite artists come out on the concert. You thought that was a grand opening? No. You ever seen this grand entrance, uh, exit rather, that the Israelites did? All them plagues? <laughs> He said, bro, uh, yeah, the very people that said they wanted to go ahead and kill any of my people's babies, you're going to exit Egypt at the sound of them mourning because I killed their firstborn. Oh, my goodness. Epiphany right now as I'm even speaking. I'm not going to hold your Holy Spirit. Drop that on me just now. One thing about bitterness is that people can't serve from a plate that God doesn't force them to eat from. Did you catch that? Mm-hmm. I almost want to put you on hold and tweet it real quick. I want you to understand, and I want you to have a stance that you choose to no longer be fearful of bitter people, bitter situations, insecure people with false senses of power, Thinking that they control the beginning, the end, the middle. the Because uh, now it sounds like you're trying to mimic my God. 
Okay. And the last person that I remember that tried to carbon copy God was Lucifer, and he lost terribly. So the only Alpha and Omega in the beginning and end that will ever be is um, Yahweh. Okay. And so whatever it is that you're doing, you're just a part of the process of the bigger plan. You thought that she was going to go ahead and just put this cayenne pepper all over my situation, but you don't even understand that my recipe calls for that bitterness. And so while I'm allowing for God to use you, what I won't do is allow my emotions to be used in the process. Okay. And I'm going to start kicking in the gears of wisdom to truly understand that if it's allowed, then I'm getting ready to have an exit, a grand exit or a grand interest that's going to blow everybody's mind around me. And people are going to look at me like, how did you manage? How did you, what did you? And the story that you're going to be able to tell them is always going to be from the catalyst of someone bitter. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, thou comfort me. He prepares a table in front of my enemies. He prepares a table in front of my enemies. That means that if you pull up, (laughs) you're going to have to eat from this too. But guess what? God goes ahead and I eventually get up from this table, but you're going to have to stay here. Yeah, if you're here, you're going to have to eat some of that too. Okay. Oh, my goodness. My challenge to you, (laughs) if you have not already caught on to it, is just listen. Bitter people make it better. Bitter is not always bad. Look at the very situations that you have come out from. And really dissect the catalyst and go, you know what? If such and such didn't kick me out, (laughs) if old boy didn't say he didn't want to be with if old girl didn't say you know what I don't think that you if I truly didn't get that poor grade that one time that set me back if I really did like remember those prior catalysts that you were like oh my goodness look what it produced then don't you dare be foolish enough to think that these current bitter situations it's just going to be a part of the thorn in your side Mm-mm. this is not a thorn in your side this is the situation that's going to get you and propel you to where you need to be I pinky promise you if you don't believe me read exodus 1 and 2 if you don't believe me look at your own prior situations that you came from Mm, I feel like I can go on and talk about this for another hundred million years. But I feel like you got what you needed. You know what these conversations are. They are life-provoking conversations, conversations that not everybody's going to have with you. And only your favorite homegirl is going to break it down to that elemental pee and still give you her tea and we sip together. And even though I feel a little embarrassed sometimes, I'll be like, I don't want to be pouring all my Lipton. But you know what? If we're going to learn together, I might as well show you what's going on with, within me, right? I might as well just go ahead and open up my blinds real quick and let you know I'm not speaking from a place of arrival. Sometimes I'm speaking from a place of boarding. I'm boarding the plane that I'm talking to you on. Sometimes I'm in the plane and I'm like, mm, yeah, I'm, I'm working from the Wi-Fi. 
But whatever it is, once this situation lands, oh, how dope. How dope we going to be. You understand me? Listen, you finna be dope, ma'am, sir. Okay, great. Sir, ma'am. Sorry to scream in your ear. You know how I can get. This is going to be better. And if you remember nothing else from this entire conversation, you better go ahead and write down the word bitter and the word better and realize it's one value, value, one vowel away from being one or the other. It's really, you know what I'm saying? Listen, I got to go. I'm getting excited. I feel like I'm getting ready to talk to you another 40,000 minutes. I don't put nothing to your phone bill, and I thank you for um not asking me to because that would have been rude. But uh, I'm going to let you let me go. And um, I love this conversation, didn't you? No, seriously, like real talk. Like, did you really? Because I felt so, okay. I'm going to call you back. I'm going to let you let me go. I'm going to call you back. We're going to pick up, and we're going to do something different, okay? Okay. We are. Okay. All right. All right. I got to go. Got to go. Okay.